This episode is sponsored by Aircon, one of the UK's finest analogue gaming festivals taking place at the Harrogate Convention Centre between the 13th to the 15th of March next year. Tickets are on sale now. Check out the website, which is aircon.uk, or check out our links in the show notes for more information. Hello and welcome to another episode of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I'll be your host for September. You know, I would kind of say, oh, well, you know, the year's just going on and passing and where is it all gone? And, you know, but sometimes um, you want to take a, keep a record of what's going on in your life. Sometimes you even maybe want to have a blog. And sometimes it's even worthwhile, if you're a gamer or if you're into your tabletop, it's worthwhile kind of having a blog. Sometimes it's actually worthwhile just going straight out there and saying that you've got a tabletop games blog. So joining me from tabletop games blog, (laughs) I've got Oliver Kinner. Hello, sir. Hello. Hello. And you got my name right, which is perfect. That's because I asked you I'm before impressed. we started recording, so don't act surprised. I, it's like don't, don't, don't tell anyone. It's like <laughs> what's going to give you that one? If there's anything I can't, <laughs> if there's anything that's going to embarrass me more, is getting a name wrong. I mean, you know, I've managed. But you did not ever get them wrong. So I've managed it. I've managed it. I managed it so far on my own show. I can't talk. Yeah. I can't talk or comment about any other shows, but I'm, it's like you know, I'm doing okay. I think potentially. Yeah, and, I think you could. Yeah. And if I get it wrong, at least I've got the ability to edit out any mistakes that might yeah. happen. So you know, maybe looking back, I can rewind the clock back and kind of take everything out again. Um, thanks for coming on. Um, oh, thanks for inviting me. You're, I really appreciate you're that. You're kind of um, you're very pro- prolific. You kind of, you're kind of like as, as much as you though. Come on. I don't know. I think we need to have a who does more stuff and releases more content because it seems to be on a regular basis and every single day that you've got something kind of out there. So, but we're going to talk about this. We're going to we're going to work through okay. this together and, and find out. You know who does create more content. I reckon is you. But um, first of all, we should say hello to everybody who's listening. Hello, everybody who's listening. Hello. You know, if you're listening for the first time. Hello, everyone. The reason that we do this is because it's quite simply there's not enough podcasts out there about board gaming and tabletop. I've checked. It's impossible no. to check in yeah. iTunes now. They've completely you, messed up. It? They've completely destroyed it. You know, there's there's <laughs> us. There's some kind of thing called Tabletop Inquisition, which I guess we'll have to talk about at some point. Um, there's the Scottish Contingency. We we've got Giant Brain. We've got Unlucky Frog. Um, and then we've got those uh, those other idiots, the sporadically bored ones, which we're going to mention because they are idiots and they are sporadic. So there you yeah. go. Um, and they, I don't listen to those. They've caused me a great amount of pain recently. So I've got issues. I'm like a boy that's <laughs> drunk a bottle of vinegar and then asked for more vinegar so I can 
could be even more vinegary and bitter than I usually yeah. am. Um, and the other reason that we do this is because um, I feel like Emperor Palpatine at the end of um, the Phantom Menace, where if I'm, yes. I'm your kind of Anakin Skywalker. And I'm walking oh, up to you and I'm you. like, can I go in? We shall watch your career with great interest. Because, um, I'll tell I thought you were more like Obi-Wan Kenobi, actually. Mm, no, I'm definitely not the good guy. Um, okay. But I'm kind of interested to find out a little bit more because, um, I, I'm not joking when I say you're consistent. You seem to have come from nowhere and you're just consistently putting out little bits of content <laughs> kind of here there and everywhere whether it's been like kind of snatches of kind of audio um, in terms of your reviews or thought pieces or full podcasts yeah. um, that you're doing as well um, I want to kind of kind of I guess rewind the kind of the way the way back kind of clock the way back machine yeah. back to when back to when you were a kinder Instead of just a kinner, and <laughs> very good. <laughs> See, See, school was good for something. I then. didn't have German at school, um, but I know there's something oh. called Kinder eggs, and I guess they made yeah. children's eggs. So there you go. So that was yes. just a wild, a wild stab in the dark, which I, I feel I'm probably due a wild stab in the dark pretty soon. Um, <laughs> kind of growing up, were you, were you a sit around the table? type kind of family? I mean, oh, were, yeah. you, were you the kind yes. of traditional kind of Monopoly people well, and stuff like that? Well, not just Monopoly. I mean, Germany is famous for games, I think, generally. But uh, when I grew up, card games were the big thing. You know, my parents would play card games. My older brother yeah. would play with them. You know, we have games like Skat and Doppelkopf and Schafskopf and lots of other German names that are really lovely pr to pronounce. Um, so they would play that. And obviously, to me as a child, that was a little bit complicated. But um, yeah, we did, we did play Monopoly. Um, but my brother also bought some other games so we had sort of, sort of uh, other roll and move games mm -hmm. like uh, Vinatou which um, is sort of like cowboys and Indians and you're moving through you know based on tales by a famous German author called Karl May who was doing sort of you know those sort of cowboy stories yeah um, and then later sort of um, I don't know what it's called in, in German it's like a like a um, stock market game called Die Börse where you're basically buying shares selling st shares affecting the stock market and I think some sort of event cards and things and then um, my brother always enjoyed actually making mashup of games as well so we would say I don't know take the money from Monopoly and maybe some cards from there and add it to another game and you know as you take one turn you can take it you know turn another game things like that so you create three real smash ups of, of all the games we had and you eventually even create his own game so gaming has always been around mm -hmm. um, in my childhood and I think like a lot of people um, you sort of then you know get a bit older and you're not so much interested in playing games and maybe video games as so I've got into computers in my sort of uh, early teens I'd say um, and sort of that went by the wayside and was more computer games did you um, um, did you grow up in Germany then or did you grow up in, in the UK yes no no I was born and bred Berliner so right. I was there when the wall came down I was going to ask so that, that was yeah. quite exciting yeah yeah was so those those it was that was yeah it was very interesting times to be in West Berlin as well so um, you know I I grew up with the wall always around never expecting it to you know disappear it was sort of 
you know something you just accept was there and that's how it was were you in were you and in east germany then when you grew up no, west you germany. were in west germany yeah okay yeah okay Okay. So I was literally in that, that half of Berlin, the West Berlin, which was surrounded by the East German Wall. So we were living on an island um, and probably have a sort of similar island sense of humor like the British have. Um, and uh, yeah, so as I say, I grew up with the wall being around us um, and never expecting it to come down. And then, well, as we all know, it did eventually come down and was, yeah quite weird we were going to school and i heard the news obviously it was like a few weeks before it actually came down that um you know there was demonstrations peaceful demonstrations in east germany and all that sort of stuff and you didn't know whether uh, russia would send or rather soviet union at the time would send in the tanks again which obviously didn't happen and then when eventually the wall was opened um, we went to school and were saying to our teachers look we need to basically go and see this we're happy to write an essay whatever you want us to do and they actually um sort of uh, you know had a discussion and came back to us and said well we can't let you go because your parents don't know and we're about yeah. what was it 89 so i was about 16 then okay and we just dis we just decided to go <laughs> we basically said no sorry if we have to see this this is like you know <laughs> big world event um we can't stay in school for the day and yeah we all went out split up went to different places in west berlin through the various border crossings and, and other places and we'd speak to the east germans who'd come over with their passport and there were long queues in front of the banks which were offering you know like welcome money as if things were like 50 deutschmarks at the time yeah. or something you know small amount and it was yeah it was it was amazing to to be part of that history was it a bit um, of a culture shock for the people coming over from the east side? Because I'm guessing yes. they were fairly kind of, you know, they were fairly obviously from a, a pretty repressed kind of regime at the time. So did you did you make friends? Did you did you get start to get kids kind of integrated into kind of like the schools? Did you start to get to know a few kind of East German people and things like that? Um, no, I mean, as as kids, it didn't really change much because people still lived where they lived. So even when the wall was actually down and, and Germany became one country again, all that happened, you know, life for, for kids didn't change much. What I did find, though, when I started work um, soon after school, I did actually, um, before I started studying, did like a placement um, for a few months with the company. And, and that was the sort of the first encounter in quotes with, um, you know, an East German person working there. Yeah. Um, because obviously Berlin, you know, being then one again, um, it was probably the first place that actually started sort of growing together, whereas the rest of Germany took a lot longer and probably is still not quite <laughs> one. But yeah. let's not go into politics. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that uh, school never happened because, as I say, we, we had, you know, where you lived, you stayed there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, East German kids were still go to East Germany. But when I was, as I say, starting to work and then started to study as well, there was more of a mix because, obviously, you know, for work and, and university and, and places like that, you would obviously travel a bit further. Further. And that's when I started to see that. But yeah, I mean, for the East Germans, it, it would have been a huge culture shock, you know, being able to spend money and buy things that they weren't able to buy. Yeah. And, and things like, you know, going to a shop and it is actually full, you know, the shelves are full rather than having to, you know, wait for some some delivery and things like that. So, yeah, but it's absolutely amazing time to, to have been there and have actually lived through it and, and seen the wall come down. Did you get a piece of the wall? David <laughs> I did, but I didn't actually go get one at the time. I was sort of, you know, a bit too 
busy, too many people yeah. and a bit too chaotic. So I was a bit too young to to dare do that. But obviously, I, I have a chunk of the wall, um, even though that's always with mixed emotions because obviously it symbolizes so the East German regime and all that. Mm. So, you know, we want the wall gone. We don't want to keep a piece of it, but obviously a for momentous sake and obviously to show, you know, our daughter as well of, you know, where daddy comes from and what, what the history all means. Um, I still have a piece. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was crazy days. <laughs> did you, um, did you study in Germany as well? Then? Did you go to like university or college or did you go into kind of employment? Um, no, I did. I did study. So I went, I've, I've got a, uh, well, I'm working in IT at the moment, um, so I've got a bachelor's degree, um, but I started studying in Berlin at, at the Polytech there. Yeah. Um, but I, I was never a person who liked traveling. I always hated going on school trips, um, <laughs> hated being away. Um, but it was quite funny. I was doing like, well, the equivalent of A-levels English at the time, and we did like a was about a week going over to London with with a you know with the group, uh-huh. and we all all stayed um, with a guest family, and we arrived quite late, so it was almost midnight by the time we got dropped dropped off. So it was literally just you know upstairs to bed. That was it. And I woke up next day in this sort of tiny room with finger glazing, flurry wallpaper, all the sort of quaint yeah. English things you can think of, with a quilt on the bed, um, and you know. Uh, all the things in the sort of you know terraced house um and i woke up and I, I thought this felt more like home than home did at the time which was a really bizarre feeling yeah um and as i say i was about 18 then 17 mm-hmm. 18 so when i then started studying um i always thought i need to come over to the uk somehow and i was lucky that the um, Polytech in Berlin was actually doing an exchange program with the University of Hertfordshire. So I was able to do the last, well, technically the last year, wasn't quite a whole year, in Hatfield and finish my degree there. So I was, you know, finishing my German BSc equivalent and, and the bachelor over here as well. So I got the double degree, um, which I'm quite proud of. But yes, when I finished the studies um i still had a place to go back to in germany to work there and as you can imagine they were asking so are you coming back or not and uh, i had a chat with my parents to see whether they'd be happy to support me if i didn't find a job and, and they were happy to do that so yeah I, I you know spoke to a few people and i got a job in eastbourne where i live now um which is yeah going back what 20 ish years now over 20 years um Got a job there and and sort of didn't look back since and yeah stayed stayed in the UK so I've been here as I say probably most of my life now coming up to I'm 46 now probably lived here 23 ish wow. years okay. or so okay. so um, you know certainly most of my adult life so it was one of those moments where yeah I just have had this epiphany and it came came true did you go did you go back and forward do you, were you still going back to going back to Germany on a regular basis kind of when you could yeah I mean when I was still studying in Hatfield uh, either my parents would come over and, and they still do visit now mm. or I would go back it, it doesn't happen quite so much now because um, you know when we had our daughter um, she's 13 now so it's that's been a while as well but um, you know traveling tended to be a bit more bit more difficult yeah, so yeah. we we don't tend to go back as much now. I actually haven't been for a couple of years now, but certainly my parents come over to visit um, and that's very nice to see them. 
but yeah, I used to go backwards quite a bit and, you know, see Berlin um, and, and, you know, see where I grew up. But as you can imagine, after like, you know, 15, 20 years, things change so much that whenever I do go back or have been back, it, it looks all different. Fields are different. My, my parents actually moved out of the flat that I grew up in. All right, so, okay. You know, the, all the friends have moved away as well now there was was one one guy who uh, I actually grew up with you know we were best friends and still are mm-hmm. he basically lived in the flat above us and we always would you know just go to school together and mm-hmm. play together and do everything together and um he's now you know for a few years now been moved to italy so wow there's technically nothing there to hold me my parents are there yeah um but you know that's pretty much it really so um it's it's now more if i do go back it's it's almost more like a you know a tourist. A tourist. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say that you're like a you're like an Eng- also, Englishman you know, in Berlin or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like that. Think of Ben Maddox and all that. You know, yeah. living there. I'm thinking, oh, where have you been? And um, but yeah, it's like showing my my wife. You know, when we went over the first time, you know, this is where I played and this is where I did this uh-huh. and all that. So it was showing that, and we went then over with my daughter as well to you know show where I grew up roughly in the area and things like that. So it's more more about that than actually you know going back because that's my home because my home is here in Eastbourne now that's my family even though if you probably ask me what's my home I probably would probably still say Berlin is my home in a way but realistically it is yeah it's more feels more like being a tourist over there because things have changed so much yeah, since then it's like um yeah, it's, it depends where you have your your main life experiences. I suppose if you know the first place you kind of fall in love is in a different country, and you kind of put down roots and have your have yeah. your children and stuff like that in a different country yeah. from where you're born. Um, I think you still get kind of pang. My um, my partner they're from um, Northern Ireland, yeah. so um, they're kind of in the same. Not as obviously as far away, but they're kind of in the same boat that a lot of the, the main kind of life things that happen to them have happened over here as opposed to them kind of yeah, being yeah. back home. So we kind of get the occasional pang of, I want to go back to visit family and stuff. And we do that. And then once we've been there for like four or five days and we get back again, they're like, thank goodness. I'm glad to be back in back home, <laughs> back in <laughs> at home again. Um, do you find yourself kind of comparing and contrasting? how you were brought up compared to how your daughter was brought up you know and things like education systems and stuff like that or as you know oh gosh yeah i mean <coughs> education in the uk makes no sense to me the different years and all that mm-hmm. you know people ever say so what what years your daughter and i go i've no idea I, I could tell you what year it would probably be in germany but the school system is different i mean like i used to go to two schools i was you know six years in one school yeah. about six years in the other yeah. and then study whereas here it's like three schools and then there's college and it doesn't really make much sense to me so i'm, I'm glad my wife knows how it all works and obviously by now our daughter knows as well yeah. But it was always like, oh, so you go to preschool and then <laughs> what, after three years, do you move to another school? Why? Okay, I don't know. So, yeah, it's, it's quite different. But to be honest, I mean, the, the teaching and all that uh, is is similar, I'd say. Um, yeah. my, my daughter always says about, you know, the, the time she spends in school and, and that they have like a packed lunch or eats lunch at school, which I never did. Yeah. She says, why, why didn't you? I said, well, we would probably start at, sort of eight o'clock in the morning maybe a bit earlier yeah. and then finish by about one o'clock so we'd go home and have lunch at home uh-huh. so to me like the idea of a packed lunch is alien yeah um the idea of school uniform is alien to me as well all oh, right okay. again, that's another yeah we never had 
uniforms or anything. Um, and I know there's a whole discussion about, but then you know, you know, kids could show off with their super trainers and things. And I'm thinking, well, kids these days shows off with their smartphone or whatever. So I don't think it's that different. We had a period. I um, think we had a period of time when, but I think the attempt they tried to kind of like any kids can wear whatever they want. And you're right, you can yeah. end up getting strangely enough you kind of get kids setting up their own kind of uniform whereas you would have this particular jumper or this particular jacket or these particular trainers and it was all part of a kind of a pack mentality and I know that even my my um, son's school um, recently have kind of reissued that everybody's got to be wearing kind of strict uniform now they've kind of put their foot down and said yeah we've noticed there's a not a slide in standards as such, no, but they're just yeah. wanting everybody to basically go to school so that um, I don't know if it's like <clears throat> I don't know if it's like discrimination you know um, yeah. monetary discrimination I guess so that you've not got, you know, you're making kind of everybody kind of almost wear the kind of the same stuff, which is fine which is kind of fair enough. Yeah, I get that, but as I say, when I grew up um, I could never tell which kid had, you know, more money or not I suppose you could, but uh, you know, it does one or two kids who might want to stand out as I say that they could do that now mm. as well. You know, as I say, they just have the, the, the bigger watch or I don't know what it is these days mm-hmm. and, and there'll still be difference despite the school uniform. So I don't know. I don't, again, as I say, I've, I've not gone through the British school system, mm-hmm. but I just, um, I just don't, don't see the difference. You know, at a certain age as well, I found, like you just said, you know, the kids would try and all, Want to be normal or average? Yes. Didn't nobody want to really stand out? So you would wear what everyone would wear yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, it, it doesn't. I don't think it really matters. But again, it's not for me to decide. And if it works here, it works. And you know, <laughs> who am I to say? <laughs> did you? Um, does your? Uh, do you still? Did you bring up your daughter to speak German as well? I mean, can she <laughs> speak German at all? Or did you give her the choice as to whether she would decide to learn it or not? Um, that's always the tough question because I feel quite bad. I I, I didn't make enough effort to teach a German uh-huh. because, you know, I would speak English in my job all day. Mm-hmm. I would speak English with my wife. I would speak English with my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I was, you know, coming home after work, I'd have to switch, you know, physically into German mode, if you like, and then speak German with her to make an effort. And I, I just never did enough of that. So even though she, she learns German now in school and has done for a while, and I think she's really good. Yes. And her pronunciation is good. Yes. There's a sort of certain sounds that I wanted to make sure that she would be able to pronounce that I know that are quite tough, you know, the yeah. and the yeah. just to yeah. <laughs> demonstrate. Um, and, and she's very good at that. But yeah, I feel quite bad for not having made the effort. But then, I, th- I you know, having spoken to other parents, and I know uh, another couple um, where the partner who is at home has a foreign language, obviously that child will have been brought up with that foreign language. Whereas if the partner has a foreign language, isn't at home most of the time, you you find that they learn English Um, so it's just one of those things I I regret not making more effort but it is what it is and I'm I'm pleased that she has you know learning German now and and catching up and doing really well I'm I'm quite proud of her Um, with you kind of grown up not grown up but I guess kind of growing up in your adult life in the UK when did you when did you kind of get back into the kind of the, the board game scene again? Um, it was, pr- 
probably about, I'd say about 15, 16, 17 years, something like that mm. ago. And um, it was a matter of, obviously, when you go to a foreign country, while you're studying, you obviously have your you know, mates there and you meet people there. Mm -hmm. But when you, like I think a lot of adults find anywhere, when you start work life, if you haven't got many friends, you don't necessarily find friends at work. So at that point, it's always hard finding friends. But I was always quite lucky. I think at that time, I'd realized it's, it's worth me being a bit more outgoing because I used to be very, very shy. And it was only when I came over here that I suddenly thought, well, hang on, what is the problem? You know, I was watching English people going out i used to live in a shared house i was um you know studying and things and um you know i would watch people my age feeling awkward around each other i'm thinking but you guys at least speak english so there's shouldn't be any barrier so suddenly thought, well you know just just talk to people so i became a lot more outgoing at that point mm -hmm. um and just you know, tried to make friends at work. And, and one of the people who was actually my colleague in the first job um, that I got here in Eastbourne, he, um, yeah, we became friends and we started going, you know, just to the pub now and again. And then he introduced me to another friend uh, who, again, we just sort of started having a drink at the pub and things, but he then brought with him games. And I think the f probably the first one we played was Citadels. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, because there was easy to play in the pub in a card game doesn't need much room and i thought oh yeah i really enjoyed that and we started playing more of those games in the pub but at some point you get to a point where it's just too loud too noisy you get a bit older you know you get a bit grumpy yeah. you don't want to be in a noisy pub so we then started going around his place and you know he would then show us things like small world or actually lords of Waterdeep. i think was one sort of the next step up if you like played that to death probably has played small world and things like that so I have to thank him really uh, to you know introduce me back into the board game hobby, and you know re you know reignite that spark. And him and both friends actually, I should probably shout out it's David who I met first, and then he introduced me to Tom. Um, they're both still uh, we we have like a weekly games night on a Tuesday. We've now got my neighbours well into it as well, so we've got you know various places to go around each other's houses, and we play games together, and it's all stemmed from there. So, uh, yeah, I'd say about fifteen to twenty years ish ago, that's when it all started again, and um, yeah, I haven't really looked back since. You know, Tom was the one who then bought more games yeah. and introduced us to more games, and. Um, then I started buying games, and then David started buying games, <laughs> and yeah, over time, obviously, we we tried more and more things. So yeah, that was that was it. I mean, the the obvious. I mean, the next obvious question I'm going to ask is: Did you <laughs> journey back, um, and have you ever been to Essen then, or? This is when you say no, you haven't. I haven't. Wow. No, yeah, no. <laughs> Unfortunately not. And I'm not going this year <clears> either, <throat> but I'm planning on going next year. I know, it's bad. Just I know. But, the the only place I have been to, or the only exhibition I've been to, is the UK Games Expo last year, and and again this year. That's that's the one that you know. I know, I, I but it's I'd not like you couldn't figure out a place to stay. It's not like you don't kind of maybe have an idea of where you're kind of going. Thanks, though. It's not like you couldn't phone up and say, "Oh man, how you doing?" It's like, "Well, I'm coming over to Essen. When about? So end of Octoberish, kind of thing." Could you think you could put me up for a couple of nights? Yeah, well, no, they, you'd think that, but actually, yeah. we don't have that many contacts. Unfortunately, it's not quite as easy. I mean, I was thinking about like volunteering on a stand somewhere uh, and doing it that way. I'm just hearing excuses. Say, now. It's just a bit it's just excuses. I know. I know. 
<laughs> but next year, I'm definitely planning on next year going yeah. for the full three days. Oh, cool. Is it three days? Yeah. yeah. And um, then, yeah, as I say, hopefully be able to help out on the stand somewhere in some shape or form and then yeah. have some time to go around and say hello. But it's a big, big exhibition to see. So um, it'll be lots of work. But definitely UK Games Expo as well next year. So that that's my favorite exhibition. I love that. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to that as well. So that Essen is a bit scary at the moment, I think, as well. It's, yeah. <laughs> going, um, I think it's kind of one of these rite of passages, isn't it? I think I know that people yeah. say Essen is completely different. It's a very, very much a this is you're here to sell your game kind of place. Yeah, yeah, it's very yeah. much a huge kind of trade hall and there's a lot of people kind of pitching and releasing and demoing and stuff like that. So um no I've not I've not been I'd love to go. I'd love if somebody said, you know, come over and help with our stand and we will um I demo quite happily kind of all day because it means talking to people and pretending yeah. I'm clever, which are two, I was gonna say, but two they, of my favourite things. Do, <laughs> they do offer that, though, don't they? I was thinking there's quite a few yeah. that offer that. I mean, certainly, if you listen to the Board Game Insider podcast, mm. you know, Portal Games and, and uh, you know, the uh, Indie Board and Games, and uh, they, they, I think they keep advertising that they need people still. I think it was the other week that they were saying that. So that's the sort of thing I want to look at. And then I don't know about so much about the day. Definitely want to go around and see certain publishers, I'm sure. But I'm also looking forward to things like the evening events and, mm -hmm. and you know meeting up with. I think Paul Grogan does stuff there in the evening on the on the Friday yeah. or the Thursday night, something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, and, and things like that. That'd be quite nice. And that's what I want to do more. And and the same with the UK Games Expo. I've only been like for a day so far, which is way too much, way too little. So next year I want to again go for the full time and stay overnight and take part in those sort of social events as well and maybe meet some people face to face even though I don't really do face to face that's, yeah that's a <laughs> that's a weird thing it's a, yeah it's good fun but it's also kind of um, it's kind of quite weird but it's all as I it say is. it's yeah um, UK Games Expo is something I'm definitely gonna need to do um, but yeah I am surprised but I, I, I see what you say about I think people get they get they say oh I'm going to go and do this expo and then there are yeah. always people that kind of drop out because I reckon they sit down and think actually I'm going to be doing this for two or three full days and it's away from yes, work and yes. it's still you know it's, it's, a, it's a lot of hard work to actually just I guess stand there I've been a, I've done a few expos in my job and it's exhausting to it is, because yes. it's not a case that you can sit down and disappear for like half an hour and just have some time. It's just oh wow, you've always got to be kind of be continually engaging because you're on the kind of a sales tip. So I can imagine that being, yeah, I can imagine that being even more difficult. Maybe mm. if you're kind of trying to pitch people that they're going to have fun. If they sit yeah, down, yeah. Well, you know, I I used to do expos as well. Mm. Um, and in a previous role, we the company actually used to own an exhibition at Earl's Court. Well, it's moved since to various places. I think it's moved back to Olympia these days. Yeah. But it was like a four day event. So you turn up the night before, help up set up the stand and things like that, and you then be there, obviously bright and early in the morning, and be on the stand 
you know, talk to people. I mean, that was like a business-to-business event in the lighting and sound industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so entertainment, which is, you know, a very interesting industry to work in. And, yeah, you'd be tired. And then, obviously, in the evenings, there'd usually be events as well because the company was actually running the exhibition. They would obviously put things on. So you'd always be basically 24-7 working yeah. literally so even if you were out partying having fun you have to be careful that you don't drink too much and do say something silly to someone yes. so it is a lot of hard work so i think going to Essen or even uk games expo for the whole period and then being there you know demoing games or whatever they might need help with is going to be hard work but at least i'm hoping then in the evenings i can be okay i might still be you know representing the blog but it's more about the sort of you know being the person being me and mm-hmm. speaking speaking to people and maybe playing some games or just having a laugh you know it doesn't have to be games all the time but um yeah so i'm hoping that that might be less stressful and a bit more fun so, what kind yeah. of um what kind of games I mean, what kind of games, if you were walking past the stand, what kind of games mm. going to stop and make you turn your head? I mean, have you got a particular kind of genre that you would you would dip into again and again? I mean, is there a particular kind of bit of enjoyment that you would always look for in a game? Not really. I mean, I wouldn't say that I'm a sort of games collector or anything like that. If mm. anything, I, I'm trying to get rid of games because there's only so much room. And I think Antoinette and I joke about my cupboard where I keep my games. So mm-hmm. there's sort of like a physical uh, space of how much games I can have. There might be a bit mm-hmm. of room under the sofa if mm-hmm. necessary. Um, to me, I think for a long time now, it's been more about finding something new, some new mechanism, some new idea, some new concept. So it's not necessarily a type of game. But it's more about uh, a new way of approaching something, something that hasn't been done before Yeah, uh, that I'm more interested in. So, I don't know, for example, when I found out about Mintin games, I thought, well, wow, you can have a game in a tiny box. And, you know, I know people keep saying now and entering as well that, you know, I'm into the small games and I keep banging about Mintin games. But, you know, that was to me was something a new way of playing a game I thought well you know you don't have to have a deck of cards you can have this tiny tin you can have some dice in there and whatever and and that that was something new and I I always know like when looking on Kickstarter I think well there's so many games that do the same that has been done before but let's look for something new and like when I don't know dice placement came out you know suddenly you're not just rolling dice but you're actually placing them somewhere so they have some sort of additional functionality so you you know you can mitigate the risk of of the randomness of the dice and things like that so it's always trying to find something new and to be honest I haven't really seen anything new for a while but at the same time I have splurged out on Kickstarter quite a bit at the moment (laughs) there's a few things coming in and I think recently I've sort of become a bit nostalgic so I've back the um on the underground london berlin <laughs> game yeah. because it has the berlin map in yeah. and also die macher which obviously is the you know game about the german parliament yeah, and yeah, all that yeah. so uh, <laughs> there's two games that to hark back to that um and then you know i'm now looking at tapestry by stomai games uh, I've, I've pre-ordered that so there's quite a lot of money yeah splurged out in a relatively short amount of time but again these i say two of them are definitely for nostalgia's sake and then i think tapestry just looks again interesting i'm, I'm sure it doesn't really do a lot of new stuff but it's uh, to me it just feels like they're all these elements are put together in a new way and and you sort of going out there exploring a world and uh you know building the map and things like that so just a combination of it that seemed interesting so 
Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking what well, my game collection is. Probably a lot of them are sort of worker placement, action selection type games. But then we play card games. And then also, I have the difference between playing with my games group. So there's four of us now uh, playing usually heavier games even though we tend to do like a star realms at the end of the day just to yeah well at the end of the evening just to you know uh, finish off yeah cleanse the palette (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) and then i play with my wife and and also have been thinking about games that our daughter would play so i was talking about lords of waterdeep earlier we we brought that out a few years back and i think she was playing it when she was about nine ten ish and really got it and really enjoyed it and you know that that was exciting since then i've been trying to find games that she would enjoy as well but now going into her teenage years it's uh, not quite so much even though we've been having a few sessions over the summer holidays of near and far again so that was really enjoyable to play that but yeah as i say so depending on how i play with i'm, I'm thinking of different games so my wife and i love wingspan and we've been playing that to death literally it's we've been i, I mean i think i haven't logged it but probably dozens of times now I've not, I've not played that. it. I've not played it, and I'm um, okay. I've not touched it. I'm terrible because I'm well behind in tapestry. I've seem to have, um, I seem to have not let kind of hype hit me. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm also kind of being pickier because I'm, I'm, I'm actually trying to be controlled and say, um, kind of the the games that I have have to be kind of played so I'm trying to go back and go through a lot of games that I that I own and actually make sure I'm kind of getting them to the table before I try and get kind of something else try and try and get yeah. the enjoyment out of the stuff that's on the shelf as opposed to just kind of collecting them together and I've got access to Wingspan because um, Steve who um, Steve he's got Wingspan and he always okay. threatens that we should be playing it. So I've definitely got access should, and I'm yeah. definitely kind of looking, looking forward to it. I'm going to see what happens with tapestry because it's not like viticulture, viticulture to me is one of the best games that Jamie put together. I actually rank. I've, I've never played viticulture, so I can't comment. So it's probably something I should get because again, I've, everyone seems to say it's the best game. Yeah, I, and I think it would probably fit our games group as well. So maybe I should get a copy. I think. It, I think it's. I mean, controversial. I think it's better than Scythe. <laughs> um, we love Scythe, by the way. <laughs> that's fine, and I completely understand that. But I also. Um, I only ever (laughs) Scythe was funny (laughs) when I played Scythe and I've played it quite quite a few times Um, and what I found with Viticulture was a case of on your track you know you've got to get to I think it was 30 victory points you know where everybody's going Mm, and you're basically you're growing your grapes you're making your wine you're bottling everything in the cellar and then you're producing it and what I found with Scythe is Scythe was like kind of you know you put your mechs down on the table, you get ready to battle, and then you realise you're managing resources for 75% yeah. of the game. <laughs> and then the other thing was was that it kind of finished very, very abruptly for me. So it was almost a case yes, of, yeah. um, you know, it was a case of, oh, look, I've just reached this happiness marker. Oh, and I've got my final star, and, and that's game over. Everything's finished. And, yeah, yeah. and it was kind of like, you what? 
<laughs> we're meant to be know, we're meant but, to be making people ex- happy. I didn't realise we we're meant to be making people happy. I was using my mech to take some to take some oil from you. Why are we making people and obviously yeah. I was the person that didn't pay attention to that part of the rule and realised that grinding people into the dirt and making them go about harvesting stuff wasn't the best thing to do and I should have been working yeah. on everybody's kind of general general satisfaction with me instead, which I guess is a life lesson kind of well well learned. So yeah, it's kind of strange because while I like Scythe a bit, I kinda if I saw it on a menu with viticulture and even yeah. if it was cheaper in the restaurant I'd probably ask for a slice of viticulture because yeah, yeah. it's kind of a purer experience, you know, um, in terms of enjoyment. I think you would enjoy it if you like the kind of the work, if you like the kind of the, the kind of the resource management, almost kind of like worker placement type thing of viticulture yeah, yeah. Uh, of um, Scythe. I think you would enjoy it. And it's also, it does what it says on the tin. <laughs> and that's not me saying Scythe is rubbish. I'm not saying Scythe is rubbish. I am. It's terrible. I'm not saying Scythe is a bad game. It's very confusing. I'm not saying that at all. You know, get viticulture is better. I'm in no way that is nothing that's passing my lips. You know, listen to the silent bits. All I'm saying is that I think your group would kind of potentially kind of enjoy it, which I think they would definitely. You know, it's it's something that as I say we probably should get. It, it certainly would fit that group. I think they'd enjoy that. But I guess it's you know for a while, we, as you've been saying, everyone's been out for just getting the latest game. Yeah. I think I've been just a victim of that as well you just go for it and again like you have been setting down there and having that limited cupboard space has helped as well even though I have to find a bigger cupboard I think for the few games of all the now or a bigger sofa maybe I've just got my cupboard I've just got my cupboard and that's it I was in the situation where yeah. I think in my older house I was um, I had stuff under my son's bed and then I also had stuff yeah, in yeah. the in his cupboard and that was where I kept my games but I found that <laughs> the be- the space under the bed was getting an awful lot less and the space in the cupboard was just kind of expa- <laughs> expanding yeah, and expanding yeah. and I decided in this house it's like if I'm running out of space in the cupboard unfortunately I'm going to have to have to say goodbye to some to some kind of games you know basically that was where and the way it was going to be as you say it's also about the enjoyment I think I've done that quite consciously as well now I've, I've tried not to just keep playing the latest and the greatest and even with our games group I've said you know when we were playing Scythe and I know you don't like the game oh no sorry you love the game I, um, I, I like the game <laughs> you don't care it's though. frustrating yeah. it's a very you um, know but when we played that you know you play a game like that or Rising Sun something that you maybe play once and it's amazing mm. and you didn't play it for a few weeks and then you you never really get into it. And I think games like that, you do need to play several times. So I've said to even the games group, look, if we, if we play a game like that, you know, something that's a bit heavier, let's play it every week for a few weeks until we get really bored with it, then move on to the next game. So we actually get the enjoyment out of it. And I'm going to say we start doing that, you know, back onto near and far, just, I know that's lighter, sort of heavier game, but that's about the story there, doing a campaign there. And I say we did it for Scythe for a while, and we did it with Rising Sun, just actually played a few more times so you can try different factions you can drive different strategies and you actually enjoy the game rather than go oh look at the minis and it's amazing and look at the artwork and you play it once and then you put it away and you never see it again I think that's really important and I think um, I think sometimes if there's one thing I would like to see kind of in 
kind of, I guess, kind of review pieces is somebody actually going back and revisiting the review kind of mm. maybe after they've played the game an awful lot more times. Because I reckon sometimes, I reckon sometimes what happens is, and I see this all the time across kind of like the, the game groups, is that there'll be always one or two tables where there's four expectant little faces sitting around the table while somebody's <laughs> flicking through the rules and giving kind of instructions and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, what's good about the game group that um, I'm in is, is sometimes they'll stubbornly refuse to play a new game. You know, I'll say, oh, look at this. And they'll go, no, bugger off. We're not playing that. You're playing this. You know, so, the other, so the other day we um, played uh, The Captain is Dead. Um, which is oh yeah, the, yeah, I mentioned you saying that. Oh yes, mm. Mm, it's the, yeah. I'm gonna write. I'm. I've kind of like it was the. F- it takes a little bit for a game to kind of inspire me to go ahead and just stick something down on on paper. You know, in yes. terms of my <laughs> thoughts, um, and I've been very very lucky of late with um, quite a few games that I've managed to get to the table that have. You know, I was pleasantly surprised by Dinogenics um, recently that I've, I've played it a fair number of times. And Wildlands, okay, yeah. Wildlands was another game that I kind of, um, I had a wonderful experience with Wildlands, you know, to the point where um, I threatened to steal Matt Thrower's expansions or try to blackmail <laughs> him into giving me some, which was fantastic. And I'm going to, you know, I've got them expansions now, so I'm going to, you know, I'm in the process of playing through them and see how they kind of work. So, you know, it's kind of... Oh, cool, yeah, yeah. You know, it's kind of that kind of thing. And, I mean, you... I mean, we're here, obviously, we're talking about your obvious, the most obvious names name for a blog ever <laughs> but what I mean for you to start writing stuff was it the passion side of things was it the enjoyment that made you think actually I'm going to sit down here and I'm going to kind of write write about stuff I'm going to write about stuff which is important to me or were you, were you another person says I've got to you know I want to write a blog what was the reason that you decided well, the, the, the tabletop games blog kind of came about um, well it's actually uh, it it's obviously developed over time but when i first started i had a completely different idea i knew i wanted to do something within the tabletop board game industry because you know you get to a point in your job where you think okay it's, it, it's just a job i want to do something else mm-hmm. and we'll do it more seriously and i had an idea for a project which i don't really want to talk about because it never went any there but, but i thought well you know while i'm working on that i just want to actually you know do something more active in the industry and, and be a part of the community and and find out more about it in more detail rather than just being a sort of a bystander so well let's let's start the blog because i always enjoyed writing I, I used to write sort of fiction you know on and off bits and pieces here and there and you know i enjoyed writing so i thought this is something i can do i can, I can write about the industry in, in some shape or form and i think the very first thing i posted was literally about you know our games night and that was it i think i posted on, on linkedin at some point and then mm. it appeared on the blog mm. but that's where it all started and then obviously over time it developed into something else and I, I always wanted to just talk about topics that i was interested in that were tabletop games related 
Yeah. And the name, I mean, literally, I wasn't putting much time into it. I just thought, well, it's a tabletop games blog. And I literally just went online to see whether the domain name existed and no one had registered it. And so I bought it and there we are. I just find that absolutely <laughs> hilarious to me. That just, because I was kind of thinking. I can't believe my luck. Did you, I thought, like, kind of, did you go and get it in 1995 when the kind of the internet started to come about? And it's like, nah, got it about two nah. years ago. And it was yeah, just available. And all yeah. these people that must be raging to know, I know. <laughs> that if they had just gone in and said they were going to write, they were going to get a tabletop yeah. games blog, yep. they could have had that domain name. And instead they were sitting around going, oh, do we call ourselves um, Meeply Meeplies? <laughs> I, I can't, yeah, I'm yeah. in danger because this is the thing. If I am in danger and I say, oh, shall we call ourselves exactly yeah. <laughs> Meeple, Meeple Doorknob? Somebody will call ourselves okay, the Meeple Dice Tower. Exa- oh, hang on. Exactly. <laughs> oh, Meeple Syrup. No, that's that's a name. Um, okay, Meeple's Overboard. Oh, no, that's a name again. You know, that kind of thing. Sporadically bored. That's not even a board game anything. Oh, this new Tetris shape. What are they pulling down the old? Something pulling down. I know. I know. Uh, oh, yeah, pause I know. some kind of dice shape. I don't know, polyhedron. We could have this polyhedron, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. So you're in danger, but you just yeah. went in and just went, it's a blog. Well, I made, I made an effort to call it tabletop games because I always, I mean, again, as you know, English is my second language, but yeah. I thought board games, I'm playing more than board games, playing card games. Yeah. But I'm sort of regretting it because tabletop for a lot of people means like, uh, you know, the the figures moving them around, you know, like the yeah. Warhammer and, and the Games Workshop stuff. So I do get contact also by role-playing people. Yes. And I say, well, I, I haven't done role-playing games for ages now, probably since my teenage years. So I don't think I can help you review any of those things, but thank you very much. So the game tabletop can be negative but i've made a conscious effort to try and be more inclusive in that term because i didn't want to just talk about board games i want to talk about card yeah. games and anything in the community as i say reviews weren't even in my mind at that point i thought i can't review games i'm not a reviewer i don't know how to do that i just write about you know topics that i'm interested in and that's really where it started i thought well okay people are talking about this that sounds exciting let's find out a more bit you know about that and then talk about what what my thoughts are and, and hopefully encourage other people to you know think about the same things and that's really what the blog was for a very long time just talking about ideas concepts things that i was interested in that were to do with the hobby in, in some shape or form and then i was contacted um I should get this right now. I think it was digitized about, uh, you know, a couple of apps that they were releasing. And would I be happy to get like a free code to review, you know, the game? And I said, okay, <laughs> why me? But fine, I'll, yeah. I'll happily have a free app code that I can look at. And yeah, I started reviewing Le Havre. Um, and, and, you know, and uh, I can't remember the game now, but that's where the review started, literally someone approaching me and I thought, well, I, I didn't expect that to happen. Um, and yeah, then I thought, well, okay, this is actually quite interesting. I just was always worried what I could review because... I'm I'm not a person who gets sent copies of games all the time like some other other lucky people. <laughs> um, or are they lucky? I don't know. But uh, you know, most of the games I review are games that I've actually bought myself that I you know backed on Kickstarter, got from a shop, or however I, I 
got them all now sometimes games that obviously friends might have bought and that we've played but they're always games that that i've played and i know pretty well so i, I try to avoid you know playing it once and then reviewing it I'd, I'd rather than not do the review i want to make sure i understand the game and i can actually talk about it yeah and then even the reviews to start with and if you go back through my blog you'll find they're the literal thing okay here's the stats of the game and you know, player count and game length and board game geek rating and all those sort of things and you know here's the rules basically i'm going to re educate the rules for you and then say it's a really good game um that's obviously again that's developed now and i've, I've thought i'm trying to make my reviews now more about my experience i'm basically expecting people you know if, if they read the review to know what the game is about basically understand more or less what it's about and just get an idea of okay what did I actually feel when I played the game? What was my experience with it? You know, did what did I enjoy about it? What what you know, how did it make me feel? That's what I'm yeah. trying to do now. Yeah. Um rather than the usual of, okay, yeah, you put the you know, put the cards here and then you draw three cards and you play that and which, you know, is as I always say, is useful because you do need to know how a game works if you want to buy it. But I think after that you do want to know, you know, if there's someone out there that has a similar uh, taste in games. Uh, what do they think about the game? Well, how do they feel about the game? And, you know, that that's probably also going back to me watching people like Rado, who was probably the first person um, who I watch regularly. And, and I felt, okay, actually, you know, at the time I was thinking about getting games for, to play with my wife. And you know, I thought, well, he and Jen play games. So and I was, as I started watching his channel i realized that his taste in games seemed to overlap quite a lot with what what i like so i started buying games that he was recommending and i say now i'm thinking well okay if people have a similar taste to me then they probably want to know more about you know how i how i like the game rather than you know how does it actually play so i'm, I'm not doing playthroughs or anything like that um and that's how that came about but still the topic discussions as i call them are still uh, something that's important to me as i said that's probably where the the core of the blog is because as i say trying to get hold of copies of games um is expensive and even though i am you know have been approached and have been sent a couple of you know review copies of some games in the past which i really appreciate uh, it's not a general thing so if i want to do this regularly um i'm going to be a poor man very soon yeah <laughs> uh, so i have to yeah find another way of doing it and that's as i say my whole focus always been on on doing this discussion and talking about uh, things that i'm interested in that i think that the industry or the community seems to be interested in, in as well and and i feel that i've actually now and again seemed to have hit a nerve somewhere in, in a positive way that people seem to have responded and said oh yeah that's really interesting and i don't know whether they're just saying that but i'm hoping that they actually mean it um and you know that that was really encouraging but even if that wasn't the case i would probably still just keep writing because i enjoy writing about these things because i enjoy playing games and i enjoy seeing what's happening in the community all these various topics are you know being discussed um and see whether i can add a little thought and maybe make people think about things so that's where the, the blog is and reviewing games is quite hard yeah i mean let's i mean you you can't and it's very very difficult to um review a game because you have to play it several times and yeah, at the yeah. same time in some ways you have to hold back and which is sometimes 
um, I kind of I'll write I think I'm quite happy to write about any kind of game that would come across but for Mm. me it's the time I would you know I'm not being funny here but if I had an extra three hours a day or four hours a day I would be I would quite happily produce people a review every two or three days if I had the additional time because I find I find writing very easy I hate to say it. I've never, I've been writing for goodness knows how many years now, and I've I've written yeah, for yeah. video game, um, I've written for video game kind of websites. I've um, written opinion pieces and stuff like that. I can quite simply churn out a review in some things as long as it's kind of like the format of it, kind of like a general idea, and it's not always yeah. um, my Wildlands review for instance is while I'm saying to you I absolutely loved that game the entire review is based around the regret of other people not enjoying the game as much as me (laughs) that's the whole basis the entire review is I I sat this down kind of excitedly with four people and they absolutely didn't like it It just so bounced off of them so hard that I was very very upset that I thought my opinion was it was my opinion and maybe my experience was kind of wrong and it's just like no it's just like how you sampled the kind of game so um, but getting that if if something strikes me and it strikes me as a strong opinion one way or another and I have been toying with there is a game that I've played quite recently which I didn't like at all. <laughs> okay, yeah. And I'm toying with the idea of just, I don't want to go in for the kill, but at the same time, I think it's important to say to people when you didn't have a good experience of a game, because as you quite rightly said, you watch Rado because Rado has a certain way, a certain thing that he likes. When yeah. I watch Rado videos, there's certain games you can tell he's absolutely gelling with and he's loving kind of yeah, playing exactly. the games yeah, yeah. and getting on it. And there's lots lots of games he just absolutely adores. And other games you can tell that he's playing through and he's not 100% sure. And, and sometimes it's those are the ones that need the extra corrections and stuff because for him it hasn't flowed with him, which then says yeah. a hell of a lot to me about whether I should consider picking up the game do you know what i mean if he's saying yeah, right, no, if I mean, he's saying, he, he obviously has yeah he has a background in obviously video games yes. and game design and, yes and obviously he does know what he's talking about yeah. even though when you listen to his recent podcast episode you know he might come across as arrogant saying that you know i can play a game for like 50 minutes and i know whether it works or not and i know what what to fix uh, but i i think he's got a good point you know he, he does know what needs to fix and how to fix it he's not just complaining that's that's what i like about mm. it he's not just ripping a game apart and saying this doesn't work he goes well you know I hate it because it could have been fixed so easily. And if the publisher fixes it, then I'll definitely buy the game. It's, it's that sort of approach which I like. And you were saying about obviously, you know, reviewing, doing a negative review, if you like. And I, I, I think that is very hard and very difficult. It's well, actually, it's quite easy, I suppose, to just rip a game apart. Mm-hmm. You know, we know how yes. easy it is to criticize yeah. something. Um, uh, but do it well and you know I, I i'm trying I'm, I'm not saying i'm i'm shying away from it you know if i don't like something i do say it but at the same time i i think i've been lucky that i'm reviewing games that i buy so chances are that i will like the game um but at the same time if i was ever given a game that i really don't get on with i, I would probably 
go back to the person or the publisher of it is and say, look, I'd rather not review it. But I get what you're saying about we, we should also have negative, you know, feedback. It's just I I don't know how I would phrase it in a constructive way because if there's literally nothing about the game that I enjoy, then all I could say is, that, you know, here's how the game works. I don't like it and here are the reasons why I don't like mm. it. But yeah, I don't know. It, I, th- I think that's probably actually, if you do it well, it's, it's really hard to do a negative review. Yeah. I, so, I, you know, I, writing positive reviews is in that sense a lot easier. I did it for Parks, I think. <laughs> I wasn't negative, overly <laughs> yeah. negative for Parks. But I guess because of me not being, you know, not being from the US, not appreciating the various different Parks that were there. Also, yeah, yeah. um just certain aspects of the game was kind of like uh, depending on who you play and who you teach the rules with uh, you can either have a really really good experience or a really really bad experience but, and I, I kind of made I kind of laid that out to the point that I was almost kind of like when I when I kind of said it to when I sent it I think it was Keymaster I says that's the review live and they went oh thanks very much <laughs> oh, and yeah. I'm just waiting and then I kind of and then I kind of got paranoid because, and I'll explain why. Because they were, they were in the process of they had a they had an embargo, which is a topic you can get into, which you know, yeah, um, yeah. But they had an embargo to say, please, um, if you don't mind, can we release the content after this date? Because that's when the game is likely to be with backers, and also at the same time, it's going to be going to retail. And I was like, fine, and I'm fairly, you know. I will get round to reviewing the game, but you know I have to kind of be in the writing type mood because when I do, as I say, when I write the stuff, it's yeah, just like yeah. done kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. And they were putting up reviews left, right, and centre, linking on their page and stuff like that, and they hadn't put mine up. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like that. I didn't see your game was shit though. I actually said I really kind of I really kind of find it fun but I was kind of looking at it from a point of view or something and then like cause I, and then I was like oh I just can't can't find it and then it turned out it's actually linked in their kind of their website <laughs> on the right. main thing is here's somebody that's written I was like oh okay so it's maybe yeah. not that bad so yeah. I think I've, I have reviewed a few games which I just went this game has this is this isn't a good game um, and they're they're there they're actually you know there's there's there is there is a game on the the blog just now am I temp I don't know I, I kind of like the joke would always be write a terraforming Mars review <laughs> Yeah, you know, I do love the game. But I'd need to I'd need to play it. I'd need to play it, Stephen, again. You hear me, Stephen? Yeah. Need to play it, Mr. Yeah. Bonacore. Yeah. Come on the podcast as He's well. He's been on the podcast already. I know, but come again. He could come in on again. He'd be more than welcome. We do like him. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah, and um, we'd review your Marsy game. But uh yeah. But I mean, are you are you doing this? Because this is when it gets nobody that's doing this is doing it for money, unless you're kind of um, like shut up and sit down. Yeah, are yeah, you just yeah. going to? Are you quite happy to have this as kind of like a paid hobby where the costs and stuff are covered through kind of like Patreon and stuff like that, or or would you like to be expanding? Kind of more because you do a lot of content as well. I mean, I know that we, Thank you. you know, I know that we. Um, we kind of joked at the beginning to say, let's have a race and see who does the content. But you <laughs> you release podcasts on a regular basis. You are regularly kind of writing up review pieces and stuff like that. So I'm guessing you're not doing this through obligation. You're doing this because you're obviously enjoying 
doing this. Yes. Is there a bigger game for this? Are you quite happy to say, well, you know, rather than me do hill walking or collect packets of crisps, (laughs) I'm, you know, I've taken the most obvious name for a website about tabletop and I've created a website (laughs) about tabletop. Well, I, th- I think if I was taking it seriously, I probably would have called it Tabletop Games Blog. I think that's a bit too <laughs> unimaginative. Um, I like it. No, I, 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 know. I mean, from, from a search perspective, it's amazing. But um, no, I mean, I as I say, originally when I was doing it, I thought, well, this is going to give me an insight into the community mm. and industry, and then I can sell this great product that I thought I was going to create, which, as I say, is not happening. I don't have the time. So so really what, what this is now and what, what this is, definitely developed into is something i enjoy doing but obviously as i said payment is the issue and time is the issue so even though i've started a patreon and i thank all my patreon backers at this stage the money i'm getting and i think you mentioned before basically goes straight out to other patreon (laughs) supporting other patreons including yourself so the net benefit i think i might might end up with like a dollar a month or something like that and then people have been very you know generous on Kofi on the odd occasion as well and uh, you know that that's great but that's not an income and i don't think it ever will be i don't think that what i'm producing warrants that uh, you know that level support book and just go right i'm I'm doing such a great job mm-hmm. you know people should pay me lots of money and i should just basically just do that and full time and, and be able to afford that i don't think i'm at that point yet and it's, it's a usual thing where you're trying to maybe get to that point at some point but i don't think that's really where i'm aiming for i'm doing that out of fun but at the same time i'm trying to make time so you know in my day job i'm, I'm trying to see whether there's any ways of reducing hours finding a way of working from home or something like that to create more time to put more into this because i enjoy doing this and i want to have more time and for example i used to do videos uh, but i don't do those really anymore because they take a huge amount of time you know they, they take i don't know five <laughs> ten minute videos you haven't seen my videos. at least an hour <laughs> no, I you haven't seen my videos one take. i'm just like <laughs> one, one take. take they're really good i like them i just i've taken actually to doing like i, I like do multiple angles and stuff now but it's just me pausing it <laughs> and then press and go again and but but even then, you know, you still spend the time then editing the video together. Nah. And, and, you know, <laughs> making sure, okay. Nah. Nah. But those people who do, I mean, I, I certainly found that, as I say, you're probably spending four or five times the, you know, the time that the video, the end video product is to actually editing at the very minimum. And if you do it properly, it's probably 10, 20 times as much. So oh, like yeah. a 10-minute video takes an hour to actually put together. <laughs> and if you do it well, probably a day. So... I saw I saw Paul Grogan. Did, did you see Paul Grogan saying, "What do you think of the um, the kind of he was doing a fade on thing for uh, oh, yes, the game?" Yeah. He says, "What do you think of Letter Jam or something like that?" He says, "What yeah, do you think of that?" Yeah, jam. And I was like, "That's about a hundred times the effort <laughs> yeah. that I would ever make." I know. Uh, you know, the only reason exactly. I've got swishy stuff on my videos is because the video editor free. from Microsoft <laughs> allows me to put swishy yeah. stuff on the videos, and that's about it. I I don't know. I'd love to do more videos. Um, I'd love to just do videos where I'm just mucking about. Yeah, basically, With your rabbit. Yeah, <laughs> yes. just mucking about. You should do more of those. I love those. The ones you did on the Twitter channel. We'll put the link in the description of this podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're just amazing. I love Bailey. He's, he's yeah, my new friend. He's yeah, Bailey's <laughs> fantastic. He was out. He was out and about today. 
Um, but you think he's kind of oh, like, nice. think he's kind of like, um, he's institutionalized, um, <laughs> basically. Um, yeah. you know, it's kind of like, he doesn't know the adult. It is, he's like Brooks in the Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> Basically, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's kind of like you know, it is kind of like um, Morgan Freeman, you know, get busy, get busy living or get busy dying. You know, he kind of like yeah. he got out, we let him out and we went, go for a run about then. And he ran straight under the <laughs> coffee table and he just sat there and he just like, yeah. I'm not moving because you know, I'm under the table now and you can't get me. So, there you go. So, that's what he exactly. kind of that's what he kind of did. Um, I'm gonna no, but going going back to the the content and all that, yeah. uh, you know, as I say, that's why I'm focusing on the blog and and the podcast, as in the the sort of audio versions of the blog are literally just me reading out what I've written. So that is again very little effort of time, should I say? There's effort obviously in there, but there's very little time going into that. And then the tabletop inquisition podcast that I'm doing with Antoinette. Uh, Again, you know, making a podcast, I think, is a lot easier than video. So that's the amount of time I have at the moment to to do that. But I'd love to be able to do more. I'd love to actually do nicer videos and maybe go back into that. But that's, as I say, that would require me either getting a better paid job so I can do less hours or somehow juggle things. But as I, you know, even though I appreciate every support I'm getting from the Patreon supporters, you know, it's more about having someone out there saying actually I like what you're doing uh, you know that one dollar a month as well, I keep saying to people if you just back me one dollar all that means to me really is there's someone who's interested in what I'm doing and, and appreciates yeah. what I'm doing and that means a lot more than someone backing me at you know what a top level actually is probably like ten dollars a month yeah. or something like that and I think I've, I think I've said this before is that we I mean you're probably in the same stage in your actual career career where in order yeah. for you to kind of match the money to kind of go full time in the industry, it's just it's going to be. It's impossible. It's I mean, you, you have a family, yeah, you have exactly. a certain way of life, you have a yeah, certain things just, that you do. You do want to have a holiday now and again as well. So, as I, I, I have no expectation that this you know will ever be full time, and this is all I'm doing. But at the same time, as I say, if I could win the lottery and not have to work then this would probably be full time because I enjoy it so much and you know if I had more time and find ways of making time that's what I'm working on at the moment trying to find a you know half hour here maybe do a bit of, on the bus journey to work a bit of editing there a bit of writing here so just you know try and sneak a few minutes here and there to to make that happen and, um, and that's fine that works I'd turn up at the the Dice Tower con in America and go and surprise Mike yeah. Delisio because he deserves to get surprised. You know what yeah. you know what you did, Delisio. <laughs> I know. You know what you did. Yeah. We, won't mention we that. will not mention that on here. <laughs> but you will But you you know what you did. And that's what I would do. Yeah, I would just yeah. turn up in a disguise <laughs> and just surprise him. You know, that's what I would do. Um I I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of your I'm a fan of your writing, I'm a fan of your your podcasts oh, thank and your you. style. I'm thank definitely you. a fan of the kind of the snippets of the 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 topics that you do because you're one of these glorious people that kind of um records <laughs> the stuff that you've written down. Yeah. So you don't that, have to read it so, so you can actually listen to yeah, it. Yeah, I can just like go, <laughs> mm, I don't want to fall asleep tonight. 
um, you know. <laughs> Listen to my dulcet tones. Yes, I do. Um, so, you know, you're lucky I'm staying awake just now. But um, no, I listen to it, you know, when there's ever there's a new one out, it's like, yep, I'll put it on. Um, which is always interesting because it's you have an opinion and you're quite happy to kind of share it, which is which is kind of good, which is kind of which I kind of like. Um, and I, I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm going to issue a, a royal decree. I hereby declare that everybody should be checking out your content. There you go. Um, oh, thank there you. There you go. Um, no, I like it. It's enjoy- you, you said it certain means a lot. Yeah. No, thank you. Um, if people have listened along tonight and they want to <laughs> find it where you exist. Where do you exist on the internet web? It's not like we haven't been telling people all the way through. Where can we find you? Say, so if, if you Google Tabletop Games blog, yeah. <laughs> and then if, if that doesn't come up, just put a .com at the end. There you go. That's where you find me. So, and also on Twitter, obviously links are on the blog to find me on Twitter. Um, but Twitter is obviously a bit more tricky. Uh, so when you read out one of my questions on a previous podcast episode, um, that was quite funny when you said uh, it's tabletop games blah. Blah. Because obviously <laughs> the OG doesn't fit doesn't. into the Twitter. It username. doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Um, yeah. No. I mean, we're obviously. And then obviously the podcast is on iTunes and all these different things, iHeart FM or whatever it is now that we're on as well. All these know. things suddenly start appearing. It's quite amazing. But again, the, the website you find everything there fantastic and we want make sure that we put all the links in the show notes so that we have got notes to show if, show. if you want to if you want to keep an eye on what we're up to and you should he's doing great oh, content stop it. better than mine that, that's that's, that's I'll, I'll fight you for it um you can go to the internet webs and search for we're not wizards and you'll find us at all the worn out faces worn out places um, like Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and you can find us on YouTube by it's a tabletop podcast we're not wizards tabletop podcast at the end is youtube.com forward slash c forward slash we're not wizards tabletop podcast you can find us on um, our website which is we're not wizards.com you can find us on our blog which Steve is just ramping up the content. That's we're not wizards. The blogspot.com. Yes, yeah, yeah. Steve's very, very good at what he does, and you should be reading his stuff and ignoring mine because mine is <laughs> just a garbled mess of English. Um, you can find us on the all the podcast catchers, the ones that have got the word pod in them, the ones that have got the word cast in them, and the one clever ones that don't <laughs> you know you think you start with a joke and you think it's clever and interesting and then you realise there's a whole pile of podcast catchers that don't use the word podcast yeah. in them you know like iHeartRadio they might use FM though iHeartRadio yeah. what, yeah, yeah. what are you doing stop it <laughs> just ruined it for me um, but you can also go to the Apple podcasts who have decided to wreck everything as usual and uh, yeah. you can find us on there um, and a, <laughs> I was checking our charts because I've got this thing. If you want to check, if you've got a podcast and everybody's got a podcast, you um, yeah. check out Chartable because <laughs> it te- okay. cause it tells you it's C H A R T A B L E dot com. Have a check on that because okay. you can find out that you're currently <laughs> that you're currently Me? you're currently number. I am currently number twenty. I'm currently number twenty three. <laughs> In the iTunes charts for Azerbaijan. (laughs) (laughs) 
you're doing really well there. Who, who's listening there? I, 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 please write I, in if you're listening in Azerbaijan. I want to have, have a review from, from you, you. And, and an email. Just say hello. You know, go to Twitter. We're not wizards. Say yeah. hello. We'd love yeah. to hear from you. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> um, if you do like what you've listened... You don't find me on there, I'm sure, Unchartable. You will be. You will be. You'll <laughs> definitely be on there. Um, you'll probably not be as high... On, uh, in the, Aber- <laughs> the Azerbaijan, Azerbaijan probably not no. can't you know, beat that you'll probably not be but you might be 27 which is fine okay. um, or you can go to Apple Podcasts you can leave us a sub- you can get us a subscription you can leave us a rating or a review if you are going to be leaving us a rating or review um, don't give us don't give us 10 stars because it makes us big headed but don't give us one star because it makes us cry. Give us something in the middle, like a five. Because mm. it's um, average. Until that changes, of and course. We're just a little bit. Until they change it again, wreck my life and my jokes. <laughs> um, you know, and we're just a little bit average. But the person who's not been average tonight is the rather wonderful, the rather fantastic. He's the he's an obvious name with an obvious game. <laughs> it's Oliver Kidder. Yay, thank you. Thank you. There's only two more things to do. The first thing is to remember that we're many things, but we're not Laura Deming. (laughs) Are we Laura Deming, Oliver? No, Robert. No, Robert. You're not. (laughs) And the second thing, (sighs) we have to say goodbye. So it's a goodbye from Oliver. Say goodbye. Bye, Oliver. And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe, roll sixes, um, make something awful. Definitely. But until the next time, goodbye. A wizard is never late. Nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. (laughs) 